0: This has been a particularly unusual year in the sense that we haven't, we haven't spoken about, about sport in a full episode of Cut Clutter any time during the year. Now that is saying a lot, nearly 300 episodes of Cut Clutter. And we don't talk about sport where you know us to be so sport crazed, right? Now that also tells you it wasn't a great year for Indian sport because when great stuff happens, you also feel inspired, you talk about this. Particularly, it wasn't a good year for Indian cricket now if i talk to two of my young colleagues just to do a little bit of a, a fact check because i can come at things as a as a fan sometimes and get things wrong raghav Bhikchandani and anurag Chaube, they affirm this belief that 2022 was probably or most likely frankly i would say certainly the worst year for Indian cricket since 2012. Why was 2012 bad? I will tell you in a couple of minutes. What what are the awful things that happened in 2022? Let me tell you, first of all, the most awful things are those that did not happen in 2022. So, for example, we did not win a single ICC trophy. Now that has been a problem for some time and that problem now continues. 2022, our cricket team did nothing to fill that gap and that continues and so the quest and the wait continues. Even worse, this was a year in which India did not make the final of an ICC tournament. Not just ICC tournament, India did not even make the final, can you believe it, of Asia Cup and India lost to Sri Lanka there. So this has been a particularly bad year for white ball cricket. Having said that, for Test cricket, India played all of 7 Test matches this year. Now that tells you also something about the scheduling uh, of Indian cricket right now. So it's only 7 Test matches, of those 7 Test matches, India won four, so you can be happy, but that—that that is, if you count dumb numbers. Those four victories came against Bangladesh in Bangladesh, that has just ended. Although we nearly messed it up in the second test, we were 74 for seven chasing just 145, and I was thinking of some some chases that we messed up in the past, but fortunately, it did not go that way. We were saved the blushes by Shreyas Iyer and Ravichandran Ashwin, so we won. But our four victories out of seven are against the weakest teams in test cricket in the world and that too in the subcontinent. Besides these four, the only three tests we played in Senna countries, as these are called, that is South Africa, England, New Zealand, Australia, we lost all three of them. So after winning the first test in great style, the the Boxing Day test match in South Africa at Centurion Park, last year we came back and lost promptly lost the following two test matches and lost a test series in South Africa. You know how bad South African cricket team right now is, particularly in red ball cricket. It took special talent and a special mindset for India to lose those two test matches in South Africa when it looked like India were well set now to win their first ever cricket series in South Africa. In fact, that is the one voodoo India hasn't cracked and it'll now have to wait. For the next occasion when India goes to South Africa, and we'd like to see if by that time, right now, it looks like both Indian and South African team are on a down cycle, and let's see who comes up first. So, that again is a hope that's been we'll kicked down into the future. Besides that, we got a lot wrong. In the next two matches, for example, after the Boxing Day Test match in South Africa at Centurion, not only did we lose, we failed to defend fairly decent targets. And each match, we lost by 7 wickets. Now, you might say Dean Elgar and his phenomenal luck. I suppose every human being comes with a quota of luck. And Dean Elgar used up all of that in those two test matches. So he stood in India's way. And in each test match, India lost by the identical margin of 7 wickets. So that was very bad. Then the rescheduled test match in Birmingham. That's a test match. India, in my view, should have played in Manchester but came back, one because they had an IPL coming up in UAE. So unfortunately, it looked like our players were more interested in that instead of playing the fifth test in Manchester and finishing the issue because India were on a high and England was on the defensive. So we gave England time, England recovered meanwhile and when they came back to play us in Birmingham to complete that five-test series, there India promptly went on to lose again and yet again, by 7 wickets. So Indian cricket acquired this new weakness. In fact, for the past many years, since the rise of India's pace and since the rise of India's pace went strength also. We've been saying that India now has this unique ability to get the opposition out twice overseas. That is to get 20 wickets overseas. You cannot win a cricket test match without taking 20 wickets. But this year it looks like Indian cricket lost that ability. So 3 losses by 7 wickets and then we saw some other losses in ODI's T20s also where we failed to get wickets and that became a big weakness. In fact, it was as if an old weakness had come back for India. Just how bad it was, that weakness, that inability to take wickets. We also saw in the T20 World Cup semi-final when we put up not a a bad score, a half-decent score of 168 but England knocked off those runs without the loss of one wicket, that is Josh Butler and Alex Hales. So that is a big weakness that came up. Now to sum up, if I count the six lows of this year, that is series defeat in South Africa, crushing T20 semi-final defeat by England, third, the firing of the entire selection committee. When did you see that happen last? right? That means that even BCCI acknowledged that Indian cricket was in a deep mess. So the entire selection committee was fired. Right? At this point, they are searching for a new selection committee. Number four, you saw the end of Saurabh Ganguly quite ignominiously, if I might say. There was this fancy idea that a cricketer should lead the board. Similarly, that sports people should lead all the sporting associations. So, Saurabh Ganguly was the first such example. He was the opening batter for this concept. And he retired hurt in no time without achieving anything. Unless somebody thought that the dismantling of Virat Kohli was part of his KRAs. But you know what? Virat Kohli lost his captaincy, lost his form, had lost his form even earlier, uh, but came back, is now scoring fair bit of runs at least in, in white ball cricket. But Ganguly, on the other hand, went out of the board. He was given nothing and looks, it looks like the powers that be in the board have now fully dumped him. So that was, that was the fourth big low. 5th big low, KL Rahul in India's opening troubles, right? KL Rahul became India's captain. He captained India several times uh, through this year. But his average has been really awful uh, in all forms of the game, particularly in tests where an opening batter counts most of all. In tests, his average this year has been how much? 17.12. Right? It's quite awful. Although in that Boxing Day test in South Africa, it scored 100. So his loss of form after that was also quite phenomenal. And that has not worked for India very well. And low point 6, of course, of course, is our defeat in England, our last test defeat in England. That should never have happened. Now, there were some good points also, some high points also, and I will come to those in a couple of minutes, in fact, towards the conclusion. Because this is, we are coming to an end of a year, and I can't leave you all with negative thoughts. So, I will tell you the few good things that happened with, with the Indian cricket also this year. I told you six low points, six high points, they don't square off each other. The net result is still very negative for India. Nevertheless, we can end, end up the year with a smile and optimism. Now see how the woes of Indian cricket continued this year. We had the second ODI series loss to Bangladesh, in Bangladesh and that was when we almost had a full strength team this time, didn't happen. Again, lack of, lack of not just consistency among our cricketers, but also consistency in terms of their availability to play cricket through a year. Whether through fitness or form and also our selectors were back to being what once Mohinder Ramanath had called them, a pack of jokers. Right. Now, you can't complain too much because the pack of Jokers been, has been packed off and we are carrying on merrily with, without a selection committee. And without a selection committee, when it's left to the tour management, you have these incredible, incredible situations like a man getting man of the match award in one match, Kuldeep Yadam in this case, and getting dropped in the next one. Nevertheless, look at the big picture. So, of the 7 test matches that were played this year, only 7 in the entire calendar year. 12 test match, 7. Only one Indian cricketer played all seven. And that is, that is Pant. Pant played all seven. Next came Ashwin, who played six. Pant did very well also. He scored 680 runs in the seven test matches. Average of 61.81 with two centuries. Again, see how many centuries India scored. Seven test matches. India scored six centuries. Two for Jadeja, two for Pant. So both are not your frontline batters, right? So no number one, two, three, four five scored centuries in this year two for jadeja two for panth and then yes pujara got one in bangladesh i didn't count that earlier because i focus more on senna countries pujara scored one now in bangladesh and Gill scored one in bangladesh so six centuries in all no century scored by india's top four in red ball cricket test cricket rohit rahul Kohli did not get a 100 this year and the two others who got their hundreds towards the end of the year got in Bangladesh, that's Pujara, and Gil. In fact, I will give you another piece of shocking statistics, shocking for us Indians, that if you look at India's four most famed, most experienced, most successful batters over the recent years, between them, all four, that is Kohli, Rohit, Rahul, and Shekhar Dhawan. In the past three calendar years, the four of them have had... 12 centuries among them across formats. That is test cricket, ODIs, t 20s Just for comparison and Dil Jalanai Ke Lee for a little bit of self-flagellation, just one man in the subcontinent, Baba Razam has got more hundreds than that in these three years. He's got 13 hundreds, that's one more than the hundreds that these four famous Indians have put up together. So, it tells you that Indian cricket has been in a crisis and this year has been a very good exemplar of that. Even if you look at the 50s this year, then Panth has 4, he has 200s, 450s, he's been the best batter for India this year. Pujara has 3, Ashwin has 2, again somebody who comes towards the tail in the latter half of the uh, batting lineup: Kohli, Bihari, Rahane, Rahul, 1-8. Terrible year for Indian batters. Again, no bowler, no bowler played all 7 test matches as well. Ashwin played six. Boombra had the best record, 22 wickets from 10 innings. But he only played 10 innings and after that, through the year, he's been missing in all formats of the game. Ashwin got 20 wickets in 12 innings, so he's the second best. Once again, to rub it in, look at the averages of our frontline batters this year. Pant, as we told you, 61.81 right at the top. Shreyasaya, 16, 60.28, but that's happened at home at home or in the subcontinent, not really in the big league. To be counted, you have to score runs in Australia, South Africa, England, New Zealand, of course. If you are a batter coming from those countries, you have to also score runs in India because India has its own challenges and India for a decade has had a very good attack. To score runs against India is a big deal. But for an Indian batter to get runs and to say, I got really great runs. I'm doing very well. You have to get runs in those countries. You can't blame Shreya Sire fully for it because he wasn't even picked for those tours. But I was just putting his average of 60 in perspective because this is either at home or closer home as in Bangladesh. And then the only other frontline batter this year who's somewhere near his own career average or maybe a little bit above that at this point, that is Pujara who got, 45 point, who got 45.44 but he also got a 100 towards the end of the year in Bangladesh. And and, and then Rohit has 30, Kohli has 26.5, Rahul, we just told you, has 17.12. And Rohit, although he was made captain across all formats, but he's not been available that much this year. He was only available for two test matches out of seven, and even otherwise, he's been in and out or taking time off. He'll be 36 next year. So somebody has to think about whether it's a good idea to have one man who's hitting 36 and who's been so unavailable or who's been missing so many times and so often last year, can you rely on him now to be your all format captain? That that is something that the new selection committee has to review. Some hard decisions have to be taken. Again, look at instability. If you've seen instability in the batting lineup, missing bowlers. Bumrah went missing very early on this year. Shami was in and out. But if you want to see instability, see the instability in captaincy. See how many captains has India had over this year. So we had Rahul in South Africa. We had Rohit at home against Sri Lanka. Gumra for that one test match against England in, in Birmingham. Rahul again against Bangladesh. Then you carry on from there and see how many different ODI captains have we had. Rahul in South Africa. Rohit at home versus West Indies and away in England. And now in Bangladesh lately, Rohit and then because Rohit got injured, then Rahul. So Shekhar Dhammar has been ODI captain this year in West Indies, in New Zealand, and at home versus South Africa. Kale Rahul has also been India's captain in Zimbabwe. T20 this year had a packed T20 calendar, but India had only two captains. So India had Rohit when India played the full strength team and Hardik Pandya, when India played, a kind of a second string team. But sometimes those second string teams look better than our full strength teams, if I may say so, with great humility. Now I told you earlier that this is probably the worst year since 2012. And you will ask me, why was 2012 so bad? So I'm not giving you full details, but just look at some highlights. We had a bad test, test match record that year. And a bad white ball record that year, just like 2022. So, in 2012, nine test matches were played, of which we won three. But remember, there is a qualifier, two of those were against New Zealand at home. One we won against England at home, but remember, that was also an unusual year when we lost a series to England at home. So, 2012 also was a really bad year. Three of the four test matches we lost in Australia in a whitewash between 2011 12 were in. 2012 right so once again a very bad year t20 world cup we did not qualify for the top league we were thrown out at the super eight stage remember that remember that thrashing by australia when watson came and latched on to us and that match was over in 15 overs so if you look at the data data tells us that this has indeed been indian cricket's worst year since 2012 no doubt about that Question is why and what can be done. Now, that can be a large argument and opinion piece on which you may agree with me, you may not agree with me, but that's an entirely different piece. That's not cut the clutter. However, I will make one point on which I suspect and I hope and believe that you will agree with me, which is that over the past year, we have seen the Indian team lose its winning, aggressive elan, right? The fearless cricket that we saw growing in the Shastri Kohli era. that has now gone. And once again, you can see the fear of losing has come back in. India did so well, particularly overseas, because India had lost the fear of losing. Remember that test match in Gabba, which is among Indian cricket's biggest victories. If India had planned to draw that test match, India would have most certainly lost that test match. So that couldn't care less attitude now seems to have weakened. And players are worrying what will happen if the team loses. Team might lose, right? And what will happen to me if I don't perform well? So the fear of the team losing, fear of defeat and fear of being dropped is back. So we are hoping that Indian cricket team makes a turnaround. But for them to make a turnaround, they have to go back to the old Shastri Kohli era now, I told you before I let you go that I'll give you something to smile because a few good things have also happened this year. So, let me count these. Number one, Kohli is back at least in white ball cricket. So, we can see he's got 200s now. After a long time, he's batting better. You could see in Bangladesh that his weakness against spin continues. Hopefully, somebody will advise him and make him play some domestic cricket. So, he will, he will fix his problems with spin but the fact is that he's back Mostly, which is the best news for India, that is something to smile about. Number two, Hardik Pandya is emerging as a leader. He's not only emerging as a leader, but also a match winner. He's also bowling a bit, which means his fitness is coming back. Hopefully, let's hope, this year he'll be fully fit. If he becomes a genuine all-rounder, that will fill a big gap in India. And in today's cricket, given how demanding the season is, Nobody can play across all three formats, as Ben Stokes has also discovered. So let us see what will happen, what choices will Pandya make or somebody will make for him. But in the best of all worlds for India, at least for a couple of years, he will play, play across formats and be and be fit. Number three, Gil and Ishan Kishan are looking like they are resolving India's opening battle problems, opening pair problems, at least in white ball crickets. So far the signs are good, so that is good news. Fourth, Ishan's double century. Ishan's double century, alright against Bangladesh, but in Bangladesh it takes some doing to score a double hundred and that too in that short time. So you have him, you have Pandya, you have Surekumar Kumar Yadav, you have many of these batters now who in the era of power cricket, on the era of power hitting, are now giving Indian cricket a new look. So maybe the coming year will bring us better results. Number five is Umran Malik's hesitant rise. Hesitant not because he is hesitant, hesitant because India's team management and the board are hesitant, exposing him to too many good batsmen on good surfaces. So, he played in New Zealand, he clicked very good pace, he's got a lot of talent and I think in his wake, a few more really fast people are coming in. So, once again, the recommendation would be the old one, which is invest in pace because your return in investment there is likely to be the best of all particularly if you want to continue winning overseas. And sixth point, it has nothing to do with men's cricket, but the sixth happy point that we are picking up is that BCCI this year decided that there will be pay parity between men and women players contracted by the board. So on that positive note, let us finish this year. Pay parity, by the way, is still a little bit limited because this is about match fees, not annual contracts, but maybe we'll get there in the course of time.